listening to the Refinery Church Podcast. Each message comes from our Saturday night service in Brea, California. We pray these messages will build your faith and encourage you today. Anybody old enough to go, yeah, I remember Hot Wheels, Matchbox cars, come on. I had dozens of them, and I would set them up in my backyard. I'd make little cities, and I'd drive them through things. And I can remember that year, I wanted that racetrack. Because to me, I'd been pushing my cars, you know, and shoving them down the road. I'd put, I'd put a firecracker on it, put it down the road, watch it blow up. You know, I did all sorts of things. But to be able to just turn a dial and watch my cars go around the track, man, I was so excited. I was hoping for that racetrack. And that morning on Christmas, I got up, and I started unwrapping gifts. And I started unwrapping gifts and there was no racetrack. Matter of fact, it was that Christmas, the thing that I got more, I got more socks and more t-shirts that Christmas instead of the racetrack. And for me, that's when Christmas shifted. I got practical gifts on Christmas and it robbed the magic of Christmas. It's like, where is the racetrack? And it was, for me, in my little mind, that's when Christmas changed from that childhood magic Christmas to, okay, I get practical gifts. Practical gifts are not the best things at Christmas. How many of you guys would agree with me on that one? Let me, let me talk to you husbands and wives right now. Don't buy your spouse a vacuum on Christmas, okay? <laughs> that robs the magic of Christmas, okay? Now, if it's a Dyson, that might be a little something different. A Roomba, <laughs> something you don't even have to push. <laughs> I think I just got a hint. Did you guys hear that? All right. <laughs> Practical gifts are okay, but I was hoping for something fun, and instead I got underwear. I mean, come on. Really? Remember when Christmas changed? Remember when Christmas changed for you? Now, just so you don't think that my parents are a bunch of Scrooge, Scrooges or Grinches, um, the next year they made it up to me. Uh, I got my first teenage young adult gift. I got an Atari gaming system yeah. with, with Pong and asteroids. I mean, I spent hours, bloop, bloop, bloop. Oh, man, it was so exciting. The graphics were just so basic, but so fun. <laughs> I, I got, they made up for it. They made up for it. Hope feels good. Hope is exciting. Hope fuels us. As a matter of fact, let me do something really quickly. Get this under the Christmas tree. Uh, each week I'm going to be pulling something out of the Christmas tree so you guys can kind of keep your eyes out to see what we got going on here. Let's just put this up here. There we go. Got to have some candles during Christmas time. Uh-oh, Leah. Uh-oh. Oh, come on. The wick wicked away. That's right, Leah. Is there a flame there? Come on, little flame. Come on, little flame. We'll just pour that little wax out. This little light of mine. Get that wax out of there. It's going to get bigger. Come on, here we go. Keep nursing it along. There we go. Okay. All right. Hope feels good. Hope is exciting. Hope is kind of like this candle here. I'm hoping it'll stay lit. Oh, look at James. Check you out, bro. There's one right there. That one's even lit and everything. We'll just, we'll keep both of them burning just for funsies. 
Hope will keep you going during challenging times, won't it? Kind of like the college students who are in finals right now. Many of them aren't here tonight. I see a few holes because our college students are missing right now because they're doing finals. My own daughter, Emma, came in. She's here for a couple of minutes. She goes, Dad, I got to go back. I got to get back. I got a project that's due. Okay, go ahead. God still loves you. <laughs> the college student who is hoping to get a great paying job when they graduate keeps them going and keeps them working hard in their classes, keeps them hoping that they'll pass the class so that they can get that good job. Isn't that right? Hope, hope is something we desperately need. But oftentimes we wonder, well, what is hope? What is hope? Is it a dream? Is it a wish? Something that I do upon a star? Well, Eugene Peterson, who was a pastor and author, one of the most well-known pastors who actually was well-known, you may not know his name, but you've possibly, if you've been in the Christian church for a while, if, if you've read the Bible, you may have even read the Bible that he helped to write and helped to curate. He helped to write and curate a modern paraphrased translation of the Bible called The Message. Anybody ever heard of The Message? Yeah, that was Dr. Eugene Peterson. Actually, uh, just uh, back in, in the month of October, uh, Eugene passed away, uh, went home to be with Jesus. Um, he's no longer with us, but we still can read his writings. Um, he said this about hope. Take a look on the screen, would you? He said, hope, to help understand what hope is, it's the opposite of desperate and panicky manipulations, of scurrying and worrying. It is not spinning an illusion or fantasy to protect us from our boredom or our pain. It means, and here it is, it means confident, alert, expectation that God will do what he said he will do. I'm gonna say that again. It means confident. Everybody say confident. Alert expectation that God will do what he said he will do. It is, I like this, imagination put into the harness of faith. That's so good. It is willingness to let go, let go, let God, it should say God, let God do it his way and in his time. It's a great definition of hope, Dr. Eugene Peterson. Hope, hope, it's essential. It's essential to living a joy-filled, abundant life that Jesus Christ came and died for. Hope fuels our lives. But sadly, hope can be fragile. It can be elusive to many people. Christmas time, this time of year, should be the greatest time of hope. And sadly, as a result of pain, brokenness, abuse, isolation, disappointment, and discouragement, people lose hope. That's why we're doing a series this December. This series right here. Hope is here. Go ahead. Hope is is here. I want to explore scripture. I want to dig into scripture. And specifically, I want to drill down into this Christmas message about how we can be hope filled, even during difficult times, even during challenging times. As a matter of fact, it's those times that we need to hold tightly to hope. Wouldn't you agree? So what I want to do is I want to pause right now.
And I want to pray because this, this is more than just a nice Christmas December where Refinery is a new church and we're going to be doing these new things. We genuinely exist to see hope in the hearts and lives of men and women in our community. So I want to ask right now each of us to begin to pray. And I want to pause in this service to pray for those who need hope, that they'll come in our doors, that they'll interact with you, that you'll be able to give, speak words of life, words of encouragement, words of hope, and they would be invited here where they would experience the presence of God and no hope. So would you pause right now and pray? I'm going to encourage you right now, please. Lord God, in the name of Jesus Christ, we come to you, God, you are the hope giver. And I ask you right now in the name of Jesus for those men and women, those teens, those young adults, those boys and girls who are feeling hopeless this year, who are feeling desperate, discouraged, disappointment, depressed. Father, by the power of your Holy Spirit, use us to be your hands and feet, your extensions of hope to draw them into a relationship with you, to invite them to even come here to be encouraged and to see their hope tank filled up. Would you pray right now? Maybe you're thinking of somebody. I pray, Lord God, you would begin to put people on the hearts and minds right now of our congregation. Right now, who are you thinking about? Pray for them. Maybe there's a family that's broken and needs hope. Maybe there's a coworker that recently has been looking so dejected they need hope. God wants to use you this season. Use us this year, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. To understand the importance of hope, to understand why it matters and and what it really means, we need to look at what the opposite of hope is, and that is being hopeless or less than hopeful. See, that's how it works, hopeless. The Bible actually talks about what it means to be without hope. It's talked about in the book of Proverbs. Take a look at this passage of Scripture. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12 says this. Hope deferred. Matter of fact, let's all read this together. Ready, begin. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. A tree of life is something that you draw nourishment from, energy from, sustenance from. But hope deferred, hope not experienced, hope held off, hope pushed back, makes a heart sick. And I mean sick. We have modern words for that kind of sickness. Modern words, discouragement, despair, depression, absence of any joy. Nothing gives you pleasure when you're hopeless. Nothing gives you joy. A friend trying to get your mind off of your situation, your lonely pain, can put a smile on your face for a short period of time. But once their efforts cease, For some reason, that gloom begins to wash right back over you because you felt hopeless. Some call it depression. Others call it grief. And still others may call it envy. Whatever name it's given, the Bible calls it hopeless or hope deferred. And it makes the heart sick. It's a sickness that is real. As real as a cold as real as cancer, hopelessness. That's why Jesus came to give us hope. A few weeks ago, if you were here, I shared my story of when I was 17 years old and I I entered into a relationship with Jesus Christ. 
I'm not going to go into it again, but I was in a dark place. Could we uh, turn the lights down really quickly? Let's go ahead and re- even bring the stage lights down if you don't mind. You know which one those are, Kelby? <laughs> While he figures that out, I'll grab this. I was in a dark place. They'll figure it out. We have an interesting... (laughs) Ah, there we go. I was in a dark place. And the light of my life, like this candle, was starting to get dim and dark and starting to look more like that candle and was about ready to go out. I felt I had no future, I had no purpose. And so I felt hopeless. But before the flame was completely extinguished, God reached down and he filled me with hope in Jesus Christ. Our lives are like this flame. They're intended to burn bright. They're intended to give warmth to others. They're intended to help guide those to Jesus. We get into difficult or disappointing situations. Something can come over us. And after some period of time, we begin to lose hope. It begins to get less and less bright and our life begins to burn lower and lower, and lower, until our life is almost gone. But God reaches down, if we will. I didn't do that in time. <laughs> Such a good illustration. I was going, was going so well, too. There we go. Let's try this again. Part two. Edit that video, please. We get into the difficult, disappointing situations and we can feel that we're losing hope and the flame, like going under this glass, begins to lose oxygen. Hope is like the oxygen. Hope is like the air to this flame. Your life is like the flame and hope is like the oxygen. Without hope, your life will begin to dim and go out. You can bring the stage lights back on. Thanks, James. You see, we desperately need hope every single individual, every single human being. What God did when I was 17 years old was he breathed life upon my life. He let me know that I wasn't alone, that I was created on purpose and for a purpose, and that I didn't have to go through all these challenges and struggles by myself, that he would be there with me. And that's why Christmas matters. And that is why hope can be found in Christmas. Because a little over 2,000 years ago, the God of the universe wanted humanity to know, I'm going to be there with you and for you. Not just sitting off in some space somewhere, off in a distance, playing cosmic roulette with the universe. No, he was a personal God that says, I want to come and be with him. One of the most hope-filled scriptures in the entire Bible is found right at the beginning of Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. Take a look at this scripture. It says, look, the virgin will conceive a child. The virgin will conceive a child. That's a miracle. 
just so you, if you don't know, that's the miracle of Christmas, a virgin conceiving a child, meaning God touched her body. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they will call him what? <clears throat> the first Hispanic name given to Jesus. Emmanuel, well, spelled a little different. It's the Hebrew version, Emmanuel, which means what? God with us. God with us. God with us. Can you, can you get your brain around that? I don't care if you've been a Christian for 50 years. That is mind-blowing when you think about the God of the universe saying, I'll come and be with you. This fills me with hope. This fills my tank. This breathes life on the flame of my life to know that I don't have to face this alone. One of the things that... <clears throat> One of the things that brings me comfort at night when I'm tossing and turning and I'm thinking about you and you and you, praying for you, thinking about what God is doing here, I'll roll over and I'll reach up and I've mentioned this before, I'll put my hand on the top of my pillow and my wife who's laying next to me knows exactly what I need. She reaches over and grabs my hand, lets me know I'm not alone. I'm not alone. See, God does this every day. He reaches out of heaven and extends his hand through the Holy Spirit to stretch out to you to say, you're not in this alone. The challenges you're facing, the, re the relational challenges, the job challenges, the career challenges, the, the, the personal school challenges, God's reaching out his hand through his Holy Spirit saying, I don't want you to, to be in this alone. You are not alone. The first name that was given to me was Emmanuel, God with us. Because God wanted you to know that he wanted to be with you. You see, hope is here because God is near. Did you hear what I said? That's tweetable. Matter of fact, you should tweet that right now. Put that up on the screen, would you? Hope is here because God is near. That's how important this is. Hope is here because God is near. The God of the creation broke through time and space the darkness of time, and came to be with simple, sinful, hateful, broken, greedy, selfish, self-absorbed, narcissistic, us, the God of the universe, who is holy, who is righteous, who is just, said, I want to be with them. And not just be with, not just be some ghosty kind of force hovering over the earth to say, I am here with you. No, he literally became one of us. Took on and put on a human suit, you might say, to become a citizen of earth so that he would know how you feel and so that we could know him. The Bible says in Colossians, if you want to know the fullness of God, look at Jesus and you'll discover who God is. He put on a human suit to become and be a citizen of earth. That's very important. For those of you who might be citizens to the United States, if you earned it, you know the, the price that was paid, you know how important it is, how much hard work it is to become a citizen of a country and the rights and the benefits that come from it. 
There are reasons why there are thousands of people that are coming to the borders of the United States saying, I want to be there. It's because there are opportunities in the United States. There are opportunities here. So there are thousands saying, I want to be part of those opportunities. And I'm not here to make any kind of political comment, but I'm here to say there are benefits to being a citizen. Jesus came and said, I want to be a citizen of earth so that I can be with them. Um, it was important for Jesus to put on a human suit to be a part of what we're doing so that he could understand what we're feeling and what we're going through. Um, if you would go out into space right now, to exist out into space, you need a what? A space, a space suit. You can't exist out in space without a space suit. It's not natural for you to live out in space. You need a space suit to live. Jesus had to put on a human suit to be a part of what we were going through here. God puts on a human suit. He humbles himself and he says, I want to be here with them. To hang out with them. To actually become one of us. So that he could really know us. And we could really know him. So when he says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. You're not in this alone that he is with you. He is for you and not against you. You can know with confidence. And remember, confidence is that, that's what hope is, is that confident expectation. You can know with confidence that Jesus gets you. He understands you. He was hungry. He was thirsty. He was disappointed. He was angry. He was joy-filled. He was tired. He was exhausted. He gets you. He gets you. He had people who said that they were his friends betray him. He had people that were following him that said, I will be with you forever. And then when he turned around, they weren't there. He gets you. He gets you. He was unfairly judged. Have you ever been unfairly judged? He gets you. Because he is near to you, he understands you, and he is here. Hope is here because God is near. We can be filled with hope knowing that we are not alone. Hope is here because God is near. I want to close with our theme verse for this season, for this December. And I'm going to encourage you to come back next week and the week after. Because this time of year, you should be in church every single week. It's Christmas. Because Christmas is more than shopping. Christmas is more than Santa Claus. Christmas is more than all those other things. Christmas is about Jesus coming to the earth. So you need to get into church. You need to be here with us so that we can celebrate hope. Take a look at our theme verse for this month. And this really just kind of encapsulate, encapsulates it all. Take a look. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with what? Hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, God wants you to be not just full, but overflowing with hope. Because when you're overflowing with hope, other people begin to fill up too. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you will overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for listening. For more information, check out our website at wearerefinery.com, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram at wearerefinery. God bless.